0: It's me. It's me. i'm back welcome to another episode of the sussex set we got to get into some things um some langs. you feel me What is really going on over here? Um, I do want to talk about a couple of things that um, hit the the news cycle, like with a bang here. And it's not even about the baby, but um, which is sort of like the sad part, but it's just like right before the baby comes or we have news that the baby has arrived is some bullshit. Just straight up bullshit. So uh, I do want to get into that, but in thinking about that and just like listening to or reading some of the things that people have been uh, saying about it or the article itself, right, and how the narrative of change and all of that uh, has changed, I couldn't help but think about what I know about like the history of this monarchy, just some of the things I'm sure you know, but uh maybe have heard or, seen or read about him passing but um bear with me for a second cuz i mean it's sort of it's it's not quite i want to draw some parallels between what we're seeing happening now and what has happened in the past not so not so distant past either but um so just kind of bear with me as i try to sort of make that connection the english royal family whether you know it or not they are basically german in blood uh historically and queen victoria who you may or may not know the current queen has immense respect for related obviously but down the line i think they're like four people four generations removed queen victoria and her husband slash cousin (laughs) albert uh they had german blood okay so she spoke german and she married a german eight of her children um they ended up being married into other European families. Uh, so I'm kind of going back just kind of a little bit for backstory, but other European families, other European monarchies, okay? Many of her great-grandchildren and grandchildren, uh, they were sitting on thrones all around Europe, uh, in Germany and Russia, you know? So um, there was sort of like a dynastic network of married cousins, Okay? It's kind of nasty, but we kind of know this, that part of that history. Well, her grandson, Queen Victoria's grandson, who was George, and he was first cousins with the Kaiser of Germany, Wilhelm, and the Tsar of Russia, Nicholas. Okay, forget the Kaiser of Germany. Right now, I just want to kind of talk about the relationship between George and Nicholas. Okay, so at the time that the World War One broke out, there was a great anti-German sentiment in the streets, and uh, it was just everywhere, not just in England, but, like, all over Europe. So war, you know, it's World War One. So um, the most obvious link to Germany was the royal family itself. So at this time, the great institutional monarchy, many of the monarchies in Europe, they're beginning to weaken and buckle, um, not just due to the war, but just due to a... They're not being received by their people very much anymore, but obviously, war sort of opens the door to many new things to kind of come about. The, you know, out of war, a lot of democracies sprung up. Um, and so we kind of see that a little bit lesser today, but back then it was just a lot happening at one time. These countries are switching from monarchy to democracy or communism, depending on what country. So in 1917, 1917 King George, this is the grandson of Queen Victoria, okay. Um, received news that his cousin, who was a beloved cousin, they grew up together, they were children together. If you look at side by side pictures of George V and uh, the Tsar of Russia, uh, Nicholas, they look like brothers. Like they look like brothers. But they were close, they vacationed together as they got older. So um, his cousin had been overthrown in Russia. And so Russia originally originally went from being a democracy to kind of, like, going over into communism. (laughs) It's kind of like a a world-famous history lesson for most people. Um, But this, is in and of itself, was a blow to the network that was kind of set up uh, of monarchies by Queen Victoria's many, many, like, grandchildren, okay? And great-grandchildren. It was a personal blow because they were cousins, and, um, like I said, they vacationed together. They were very they were close so they were interested in what the other was doing because it could have implications for the other so um the fall of those monarchies they presented George with a dilemma in that he's looking at himself he's looking at the sentiment in the streets and so I guess he's having to think about things okay so the new Russian government again was democratic, but there were fears of a communist takeover, and that left Nicholas and his family basically hanging in the balance. At this point, the Tsar of Russia, Nicholas, sought asylum. The British ambassador at the time asked if the Romanovs—that was the family name of the Tsar of Russia—could come to uh, to Great Britain for asylum. One would think that because of how close they were, that that would be a no no-brainer. You would give the family asylum. That after all, that's his cousin you know, and his children or his family, he originally granted consent that, you know, yeah, the, the family will eventually, sooner rather than later, come to Britain for asylum where they were basically safe from the hell that was breaking out in their own country. But that was not the case. So they granted he granted consent, but then he, you know, he rescinded that consent um, because of the growing unrest. And so the Britain king, George V, decided that he wanted to renege on his previous consent, and the Romanovs were basically left to fend for themselves. The Romanovs could not come to England. So the cousin Nicholas was oblivious completely to Georgia's secret decision to no longer provide them with refuge. Okay, well, six months after he decided to not provide them refuge, Russia was overtaken by the Bolsheviks, Nicholas and his family were moved to a house in Yekateringburg, or however you say that, Yekateringburg. And then soon after arriving there, they were taken down to the cellar, and they were murdered. It was Nicholas's wife, his four daughters, and his young son. And uh, that was directly tied to the decision of George V to not allow his cousin, you know, refuge in his country. A country he's a king of. So essentially, George, the king of England, doomed his cousin and his family to death in order for the monarchy of which he was the monarch, the head of it, to live on. In his eyes, in his view, whether history kind of decided that what he did was right or wrong kind of remains to be unseen because you can't know what would have happened had he let him come to his country. But... King George V was seen as a boring, unimaginative person. He was seen as a boring individual, uh, unimaginative, uninspiring, and he disassociated himself in order to stay relevant. So my question is, Forget the blood, forget the murder, (laughs) forget the war, and all of that. But does that sound familiar? Disassociating yourself from someone else in order to stay relevant. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be bloody murder and, you know, something that serious. That was a unique time in that there was a lot of war happening and bombs were being dropped on England. And, you know, but this is still dealing with the with a monarchy with power with the uh, the retention of power the desperate desire to keep power um which is to say when their survival is at stake and it's just just something to consider when when a person's survival is at stake in terms of them keeping their power so let's say a monarch or a person who is in uh, in line for it um the word to describe them, could be ruthless. So Prince George allowed his sister, um, who was Nicholas's sister, so who was also his first cousin, to come to England. And that name may, uh, what's her name? Xenia, Um And that may, name may sound familiar because she is one of the names that was floated around a lot after it was, you know, made public that Harry and Meghan would move to Frogmore Cottage because that's where she stayed when King George allowed her to come into the country for refuge. I'm sure he felt guilty. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so she stayed at Frogmore Cottage, and um, that's where she lived until she died, or she lived in England until she died. But um, from there, they disassociated themselves from the network of monarchs, not just, you know, the former monarch in Russia, but any of them that were still standing over the course of Europe, I mean, over um, the the continent of Europe, whether it was Denmark or... Just wherever there was a monarch girl. I don't know what where they, where they were. But England disassociated <laughs> themselves. And um, that was for fear that the people of England saw them as still too German. And so at that time, they were called the House of Saxe-Coburg-Gotha. I think I'm saying that right, girl. I'm American. Uh, I can Google, you know, Google translate that shit. But I think that's how you say it. House of saxe Sax Cobra, Gotha <laughs> girl, whatever. But yeah, that don't sound too English, right? But while they were while London was being bombed this whole time, the name of the bombs, the bomb shells, rather, had Gotha on them. So imagine being bombed, right? And your five year old didn't make out of school that day because he got bombed, and on the shell is Gotha, and that's the same name as your monarch. So, um, considering the climate in the streets, uh, that was a dangerous idea, so not wanting what happened to his cousin to happen to him, where they basically kill his whole family and do away with the monarch in order to establish a brand new way of governing, in order to keep what happened to his cousin from happening to him, they renamed and rebranded themselves from the House of Saxe-Coburg-Gotha. Saxe-Coburg-Gotha, I feel like I'm really butchering that. To the House of Windsor. That's the monarch that changed the name to Windsor. And until I learned that, I thought that shit was just went way, way, way back, you know, way back, way, way, way back to like the fucking Tudor days and things. But no, it did not. That was uh, l- that was in maybe less than 100 years ago, about 100 years ago. So um, that removed the German influence from the court altogether. Why am I telling you all this? OK, because. Seeing the news day in and day out and seeing terrible headlines about Meghan, you don't see Kensington Palace coming out to defend her the same way that they come out to defend Kate, for example. You don't see them defending Harry the same way that they defend Will. All right? And I think because of that, and it's not even just the the act of defending them because of something that was said that was false— It's almost now to the point where I'm believing that they're, they're the ones making up the shit as a way of keeping someone who was not in line to the throne from being more popular than they, than they, if you will, um, because in their mind, or let's say through the lens of history, if you're not relevant, then you're a non-factor. If you're non-factor, what do we need you for? All right. All right. And I'm not saying I agree with that because I don't know. I'm not English. That's not my culture. But so I don't really know how people feel about, you know, this monarch that might that was there from the day they were born. You know what I mean? I don't know what it's like to be an English person and to have a queen. You know what I mean? But and maybe y'all can tell me without the monarch because I know a lot of people that are left-leaning. I got some friends that live in London. They're pretty left-leaning and they don't feel as though... Uh, maybe left-leaning is irrelevant, but they don't feel as though the monarch is needed anymore. And they don't want to do the tax-paying bullshit or or supporting them. But they call them, I think the word is or the phrase is welfare or like super rich welfare recipients or some shit like that. They kind of call our politicians that too over here. But um, I'm starting to believe that some of these these rumors are germinating inside the palace Uh, and and I mean, they're just outright lies. And so they, I feel, I have felt very early on though, that, um, that Will and Kate were, uh, in fear of being overshadowed and maybe in the beginning it was, oh, that's great. Finally, we don't have the attention on us. My God, we can live normal lives. And it was a relief, but then it went away. That feeling went away when you realized that nobody really did give a fuck about you to begin with but you were all that was there. So they just decided to put up with you kind of, you know? Um, But I just think that if it is coming from them, it's very short, short short-sighted because um, I think the internet does a really good job at keeping receipts, you know? And so given that the affection for Megan is real, it's not that it's a bandwagon type thing and it kind of is some bandwagoning, but She's kind of a public figure, so if you want to like her, like her. But the affection for Harry is also real. Harry was a baby boy, and everybody saw him walking behind his mom's casket. That's when I first knew Harry existed, was a funeral, because I didn't realize, I didn't know very much about Princess Diana. I was a teenager. I was a young teenager when that happened, so um, I only saw it because everybody else was watching it. But I did notice how short... Harry was compared to all the other men walking behind his mom's casket you know his brother was a teenager too but he was as tall as his dad and Harry's Harry was the baby you know and you could see him lowering his head and he didn't really want to be there and it was just I couldn't imagine losing my mom and so that's where the world loved Harry that's what they loved both of them but Harry it's just something about the baby you know if you're trying to shoot him down and you're trying to you know, cut him down in the beginning of his, you know, real trajectory. is not just a royal, but as someone who is um, in a position to do a lot of good, not just for the monarchy, but for millions of people everywhere um, that are uh, a part of the commonwealth. And you're trying to cut him down because you're feeling real insecure and jealous. Like, how sad does that look? Um, that's why I feel like it's short-sighted because you end up shooting yourself in the foot and nobody recognizes you for the good that you do. People look at you and recognize you for your pettiness. And they see, then that goes back to all the petty motherfucking kings and queens. Well, I would just say kings, because most of the kings been petty. Most of the I will say this: most of the women who have led England as monarch been on their shit, according to what I know. And y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. But the men are the ones who are fucking batshit crazy and petty as fuck. Really, I mean, so people are gonna remember him for that if anything happens in the in the way of the people feeling like Harry and Meghan are being deliberately sidelined and not allowing the natural course of things to play out, which is, I think, what everyone sort of feels entitled to. Because, yeah, we do want to see what they can do without, um, without the feeling that somebody is just lurking in the bushes waiting to try to, you know what I mean, take them out. So... You already have a lot of people who feel like there's no need for a monarchy in 2019. Uh, we love the Queen of England. I love Elizabeth, yes. But still, like, like, you know, what do they do? She ain't really got no power. She's the leader of the forces, armed forces, or any monarch, whatever their gender is. But she's supposed to be apolitical, you know what I mean? She, she, They just don't have the power that they used to. Monarchs anywhere, you know, so... Um, I think in abusing Harry and Meghan, you kind of highlight the fact that, well, wait, we don't even need your ass. So you better, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like watch your step and be careful with what you're doing. So that's kind of like, well, I feel like he sort of shoots himself in the foot, but I think the majority of nations in Europe, they currently have democracies. And so, um, and you add to the fact that the sixth in line to the throne and the wife of the six and uh, line to the throne, they both highlight why you are not needed by the work that they do. You know, they hit the ground running, literally. Sis worked her whole pregnancy. And then when she went on maternity leave, your wife went on maternity leave. You know? So are you needed? Are you needed? Um y'all are still learning everything everywhere y'all go y'all still learning about things you're learning about costumes you're learning about you know brain cells and research and wherever sh- you go wherever you're doing you're learning about national security you know you're learning about how, how gardens grow you know you're learning about girl, you name it y'all learning Eight years of learning though what y'all doing though? Well, like, what are y'all doing? So seeing that Harry and Meghan are doers, and no shade to the Cambridges now, I'm really just speaking facts. I'm not really trying to shade nobody. Bitch, I'm speaking facts because we got somebody to compare them to now. We didn't have that before when Harry was third wheel. Just saying. So of course you want to preserve yourself, but you're playing defense. You're not doing it in a way that says, I want to show the whole world how great of a king I'm going to be. I want to show the whole world what me and my wife are doing with this platform and how we're going to show our kids how to do the same when they become our age and they're in line to the throne too. You're not doing any of that. You're playing defense. You know, you're trying to cut somebody else down without building yourself up. And Harry, on the other hand, is playing offense. Because he actually cares about the things that he's doing. He doesn't even care about his popularity. He probably wishes he wasn't as popular as he was so he could be a little bit more normal. But he's trying to be as normal as he can given what he was born into. But he's doing it not for himself, but for the good of other people. And so when I see someone trying to cut that down, or I feel like allegedly they're like trying to cut that down. I lose whatever little shred of respect I have for you. I will say this, the article that did come out, I will say, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, just based on the track record of the, <laughs> a lot of these reporters, they say things just to get clicks. They put them out there just to get clicks. But you kind of do see um, something that, a lot of things that point to the fact that there is some truth to it because the story has changed. It's changed since it even just came out. It ain't even been 48 hours. Um there are signs that the desire to exile them due to their popularity is true just based on what we've seen in the past. Um, Harry went from being a media darling right before Meghan to being a man who supposedly raged over a tiara, really says. Like, Meghan went from being a lovely bride, you know, everybody basically loved everything about both of them on the day they got married to like a hurricane and a diva you know, who pals around with terrorists, mind you. Um, Oh, they spend way too much money. Oh, they're attention-seeking. Oh, they want to be celebrities. And it's like none of that will work. And all the while, Harry and Meghan are just getting more and more popular. And clearly the Queen has faith in them. You know what I mean? But more and more heat is coming down on Meghan in particular, which is baffling. But, of course, then we found out that Will got found playing in the Rose Garden. If I can put it to you that way. Okay, so even that, which had absolutely nothing to do with Megan, was pinned on Megan. Like, the fact that that leaked out to the press. And what I'm talking about is Will's affair. Okay, because let's just go ahead and put it out there. Um, alleged affair. Alleged affair. But the reaction shows that it's probably true. But um, that had absolutely nothing to do with Megan. Yet, you have an effort to pin it on her. To pin it on her. Why? Because she's an easy target. She's low-hanging fruit. You know? Um, Megan has time to give a fuck about where Billy is dipping his wig. I don't believe she does. Doesn't look like she does. She cares about where he puts his dick. You know, sh- Megan cares about wanting to outshine Kate. I absolutely think the fuck not. By the way, Megan don't really have to work hard to do that. And no shade to Kate girl, but you a dud. You're a dud. You're a dud. No shade to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, by definition that's shade. Kate doesn't do much. Kate is on maternity leave with Megan. It doesn't take very much for a person with charisma to outshine a person with none, or very little, very little, Um, to the point that we see Kate sort of being inspired by, okay, let's say that, being inspired by Megan's entry into the family. And that's fine, too, because she has inspired me, too. But I don't live in this on the same grounds as her, you know, I, so it's not to make this some weird competition, but see, it didn't become a competition, quote unquote, until the Cambridges and those who, um, let's say Kensington Palace, those who don't do anything to defend Harry and Meghan, but they, they come out of the woodwork to defend, uh, Kate and Will. That's what made this some weird twisted com- uh, competition. And it's only a competition in y'all's mind because y'all are the ones who were choosing to not work together with them. Y'all are better together. The two couples are better together. But you all you do is seek to vilify Megan. She, oh, first Kate made, you know, she made Kate cry. Oh, she's a big, you know, bully from America. She's African-American too. She's a She's an African-American bully. Bullying our future queen, you know? You made that a thing. You made you made, it, which it really wasn't a thing. It was a lie, probably. Or maybe she was kind of like I said about something else. Um, you make uh, Harry out to be some angry ass man who's going berserk over anybody who looks even looks at Megan. Uh, wrong, you know. So all I think all of that is coming from that household. I'm sorry, but <laughs> let's just look at it for what it is. It's fishy as fuck. It's fishy. Megan doesn't have time to care about what's happening in some rural part of England. She's not even from England. What does she know about any of it? How is she going to know the inner workings of Kate and Will's social circles at a certain geographic location that's outside of London? Why is she going to even care? But y'all had the press to yourself for a whole seven years before Megan even came into the picture, before she even started dating Harry. Y'all had the press to y'all self, but what did y'all do? Y'all rested on your laurels. Y'all rested on your laurels. You didn't do work. You didn't come out and and show people that you cared about anything in particular. Y'all did what y'all thought y'all was supposed to do, which, okay, maybe you did. And there was a learning curve, but damn, seven years? It took y'all seven years to care about what the public thought about y'all? You know what I mean? You can only go so far in making your appearances about your clothes. You know, and not saying that anybody did that deliberately, but, okay, but what are you doing? Like, what are you about? You know, especially coming from, coming behind, I should say, Princess Diana. And I'm not saying she was perfect. I wouldn't consider myself a Princess Diana stan, but I do respect the work that she did and I respect the love that people have for her because that was genuine. You know, so it's not like Kate didn't have a blueprint. And it's not like Megan, because people love her and that much is obvious, it's not like she's trying to be like Diana. It's simply that Megan has beliefs and she has standards for herself. She has things that she cares about. And Kate, I can't say she I can't say she's making it obvious to me. I can't say that she doesn't, because I don't know her mind, but she ain't making it quite obvious to me. Will is not making it obvious to me, but you know who made it obvious to me before I even, you know, knew who Megan was? is Harry. Harry. Harry created Sintabale at 19 years old. And I knew about Sintabale. I knew about his work in Africa. I knew about um, just the way that the kids responded to him. All those old video clips you've seen kind of rotating around since he's gotten married. I've seen all of that because by then I knew who he was. And I I can tell that he cares. You can even just go back to see how he interacted with people. He cares. And it's not because his mama cared. It's because, okay, maybe he has some some of that from his mom, but it's because he cares. And, of course, he does want to continue in her legacy. But, you know, now y'all are feeling overshadowed, though. Y'all meaning, obviously, you know, Harry's brother and Harry's sister-in-law, y'all feeling overshadowed by people who just came in to do the actual work that y'all said that y'all were going to do. Um... And then, you know, you had the press on your side, too, because they had a new person to beat up on, Megan, mostly. And then I noticed what they did was they made the news about Kate and Will automatically good news. It was all except for that that road story. Everything else about uh, Kate and Will was great. Oh, the future king and queen of England. Yes, they're such a great representative. And, oh, Kate, yeah, she's an English rose, which is racially charged, because that's, that's a racially charged put down of Meghan. Not to say that anybody should be offended by that, but an English rose is usually, it's not talking about black women who were born in England. All right. It ain't talking about brown women born in England. It's talking about white women born in England usually from a certain class. So let's say Kate's background. Oh, she's just an English rose and she's going to be the future queen. And yeah, that's true. But you're not putting Megan down by that because she doesn't care about it, but you think you are. And that's the nasty part. Um... Before, you know, it was said about Will and Kate that, and this is a quote, that there wasn't one personality to be found between the two of them. And you tell me why that is. You tell me why somebody wrote that. But then, that was before Megan came into the picture. Now they're so, I don't really even know that people call them interesting, but they're not saying that type of stuff about them, you know. But now, you know, it's just like, it's a problem, that sis is in the family she ain't getting nothing but bad news so i don't see how that's a problem for you it seems like it ought to be a welcome you know welcome turn of events that all the news about you is at least neutral and all the news about her is bad seems like y'all will be happy but you you know what you're not happy about that why because you can sense that the love for you is fake love it's fake you got a bunch of Brexiters, you got a bunch of MAGA bitches over here in America who just hate the fact that Harry didn't pick a white American girl. So a lot of them accounts come from America, but then you got a lot of Brexit type bitches over in England who, you know, they hate Meghan for the same reasons and they hate Harry for the same reasons. They resent them and their love, right? But so the the the, the love for you was fake, and the hate for them is also fake. It's not really based on anything that they've done. And the love for you ain't based on anything that you've done. Right? So there's a sense that I think there's just something in that mentally that people won't be able to overcome, that actually hate Megan for the wrong reasons or love, uh, you know, Will and Kate for the wrong reasons. But um, that, that can only last so long, and their stock is still going to go up. You know, because if, if they were such bad people... And everybody believed all the things that they said. Oprah wouldn't work with them. George Clooney wouldn't defend them. I've heard everybody from Sondra Rhymes to, um, you know, Gail King. Um, Adele loves them. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, we'll talking about people didn't want to work with his, his, uh, his effort, you know, his event. Or his push for whatever um, event that he was doing. He couldn't find celebrities. Well, maybe it's you, bro. Much of a stretch to convince yourself and others have to convince you that their presence makes yours totally irrelevant. And so, uh, well, maybe not totally, because you still have a function. You're going to be the king and queen of England, right? But like their presence makes you realize that you need to do more and that makes you uncomfortable. And that's a shame. That's a shame. So um, that brings us to where we are now. So therefore, they should go to Africa. How, Sway? How? Why? How? Okay, the thing that I read said that, uh, I don't know who these sources are. Obviously, they're anonymous, but somebody attributed it to a a guy who's supposed to be Harry's friend. But um, you take them out of England, and you move them to somewhere in Africa because, you know, supposedly, oh, they love Africa, which I'm sure they do. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, they should want to go there, right? Because we don't want to make them go to Canada or the U.S. because, you know everybody loves them over there and if you make them the general the the commander general or whatever it is of uh, another country of australia they're essentially the king and the queen and we can't have that because they're going to be a more popular king and queen they're already going to be king and queen you ain't even king and queen yet oh whatever you know it's just so stupid that um that okay so they decided on africa because why it's like you know they got internet in africa right you know they got, like, Skype and all of that in Africa, right? You know they got cameras and all of this in Africa, right? So it's just like it doesn't matter where they go. People are still going to want to know what the fuck they're doing. They want to know what they're up to. They want to know what their time and attention is, you know, being given to. Um, but it's just it's just kind of unfortunate that all signs point to this coming from Will. Um, and the articles about the Africa, possible Africa move, just sort of keeps changing Um, at first it was, we want to move them to Africa. Then it was, they want to go to Africa, you know? And, um, it's just so weird. It's weird to be that threatened. It's weird to be that insecure about your baby brother. You know, one would think that you're supposed to kind of like protect your brother, especially if you're the older, right? Right. Um, but now you're all up in your feelings about it. So, but my question is, why would they go to Africa? Let's say, you know, you're going with the, the, the idea that it's their desire. Why would they go there though? They said 2020, why would they go to Africa when they just got a brand new baby and they just moved into a brand new house that they spent some of their own money on renovating? Why would they do that? Like what sense would that make? You know, and even the woman who wrote the article edited tweets about the angle of the article. You know, and KP never denied it. They never denied the fact that this story had any any kind of legs to it. Um, but of course, if it was somebody else in the royal family, they would be out swift like that. Bitch didn't didn't what's his name Will talk about he want to sue somebody for violating his human rights. What human right was that? Not going balls deep in a bitch but you came out real swift about it, you know? So KP is not doing that. Um, and you know, she just, I don't know. It's just really weird that the person who broke the story even edited that. So KP probably says to her, Oh, you know, that's not what that's, that's not how we're approaching it. Change, change the way that you're saying that. And surely she did. Um, and of course nowadays, you know, at this point, it's only been like a couple of days, um, America has a story. American outlets, like, so they're talking about the story. I even saw it on, like, CBS, and Gail was talking about it. But um, all because Big Willie, allegedly, okay, he wants to put all of his insecurities out there on the table. Um, <laughs> again, y'all had seven or eight years to win the hearts of the people in your country, and, uh, well, you didn't do that. But what they did do is they, they leveraged... Um, Harry's work ethic, they leveraged his ideas during that time um, instead of earning their own love. Because you got to remember, Harry is the most popular royal, even above the queen. This was before he even got married, you know. So they leveraged his popularity. And I think that just kind of spilled on to them. And if you look in hindsight, I'm a person who is a royal watcher now, but really I'm a Sussex watcher. I ain't watching all them other folks because I don't care about them, and I never did. (laughs) No tea, no shade. I just never did. But I never had any reason to dislike any of them either. But now I do, now that I'm paying attention. So they use Harry's uh, youthful personality, They use his energy. They use his good looks. They use his ideas. They use the affection that people have for him. And they basically, you know, basked in it until they had to do it on their own. Because when Harry got married, all of that, baby, that became the Sussex, you know, the Sussex swag, if you will. His combined with Megan's, and she has her own. See, now they don't know what to do without it. Think about it. They don't know what to do without that because it was snatched away just like that. And Harry became a villain just right alongside his wife. You know, um, they claim some of his ideas as their own or the ideas of all three of them, you know, to fit under the royal foundation. Like I say, he created Bali when he was 19. But in hindsight, I feel like he created heads together. I feel like it was his idea. Because who comes out and talks about mental health? Not just as a soundbite, but in a way that you can tell that it's urgent for him. He's talked about his own mental health. That's not something I've seen Will do. He's talked about how he's, and maybe, and and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe Will not talking about that is less to do with personality and more to do with the fact that he will be king, therefore he needs to, put out an image that says that he has a strong mind and he's big and he's brave and, and all of that. So maybe it is a little bit touchy to talk about his mental health, but Harry never shied away from that. You know, Kate has talked about postpartum depression, you know, so I know that they've talked about it. but everybody has mental health hiccups in life, some deeper than others. But um, Harry's been urgent about it. He talked with the, talked about mental health with Barack Obama. On multiple occasions. One was on a podcast. I can't remember the podcast, but it was a whole hour long segment where they interviewed or I think Barack interviewed Harry or Harry interviewed Barack. But um Um, so anyway, Hess Together just feels like oh, okay, let's just say it feels like it was more of Harry's idea, but I don't know that. I can't confirm that. That's just what I feel. Harry being married, he's again keeping all of that basically under his own larger umbrella especially he as he has more um more responsibilities that he's taking on from a lot of them from the queen herself um and the the cambridges just were not ready to lose that and it's sad because they're the older like they're the older couple i guess um not really they're all in the same age group but they're older than harry Harry was the baby of the group, and then Megan came, and now she's the oldest person in age, oldest person. But um, anyway, uh, Harry's very impressive individually. Megan's impressive individually. Together, though, it's like they look to be an unstoppable force, and that makes some uh, that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And it seems like it shouldn't. It seems like that's something everybody ought to get behind. But you never know who's watching you, and you never know who wants to take you down. A couple of notches because they don't want to put in the work they don't want to put in the effort that you that seems to come naturally for you so um that's why that really just kind of ticks me off a little bit because it's like there's nothing worse than trying to dim somebody's light bitch dimming somebody's light won't make yours shine no brighter it just makes the room darker you know bitch get your WhatsApp. up get your shine on you know what i mean but it just get the sense that they want them out of the way. And if all of this is the case, and let's say that they do go to Africa, Will shoots himself in the foot. He shoots himself in the foot. Um, even for people that don't care so much about him, it's going to be hard to gain goodwill with people when, again, their affection for Harry is so great that they, they might even take it as a slight to them that you did your own baby brother like that. Whether it hurts them or not, I just don't see that hurting them. But the fact that this, and you're trying to take this man out of his own country, hold up. Like, you could chill on that. You know, that's just what I feel. That's what I would feel if I was English, though. Um, and I just think people can see through it, and I don't think they forgive as easily. You know? And of course, the respect has to be thrown out the window. Um, but Will and Kate... You know, if it is true, it doesn't make you look better. So, but my question is, why are the Cambridges so mad? All y'all had to do was work. KP, why y'all so mad? All y'all had to do was make your people, make your future king and future queen somebody that the people wanted to get behind. Somebody that people didn't just... Ignore when when new blood came into the family. You know what I mean. Like <laughs> it's just so weird to see grown folks who got lives, they got children, they got a whole path ahead of them, this insecure. You know. When Megan went on maternity leave, Catherine went on leave. Sister, a whole break. Really, Will did too. Um, Like, I I just don't get it. 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 Like, she went missing in action. Will went missing in action. But my guess is as soon as the Cambridges are, I mean, as soon as the Sussexes are hitting it hard again, right? Right? Well, then the Cambridge is going to hit hard again, too. And it just seems like a petty fucking game. And if I cared about the face of the monarchy and if I cared about the work that these people did in a country where my tax dollars are being used, that would annoy the fuck out of me. I'm sorry. That would annoy the fuck out of me. So, Um, so Africa. Yeah. 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 Why would they go to Africa? Why would they go to Africa? It just feels fishy. But my question is, why are the Cambridges so mad? All y'all had to do was work. KP, why y'all so mad? All y'all had to do was make your people, make your future king and future queen somebody that the people wanted to get behind. Somebody that people didn't just ignore. When, when new blood came into the family you know what I mean like it's just so weird to see grown folks who got lives, they got children they got a whole path ahead of them this insecure you know when Megan went on maternity leave Catherine went on leave sister took a whole break really Will did too Um, like, I I just don't get it. 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 Like, she went missing in action. Will went missing in action. But my guess is, as soon as the Cambridges are, I mean, as soon as the Sussexes are hitting it hard again, right? Well, then the Cambridges are going to hit it hard again, too. And it just seems like a petty fucking game. And if I cared about the face of the monarchy, and if I cared about the work that these people did in a country where my tax dollars are being used, that would annoy the fuck out of me. I'm sorry, that would annoy the fuck out of me. So, um, so Africa, yeah, 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 yeah. Why would they go to Africa? Why would they go to Africa? It just feels fishy. But my advice... Not to say they're asking for a girl. But my advice to Bill and Katniss, girl, is to do better. Be better. And in the words of my first lady, current first lady, girl, be best. Be best. And instead of protecting your baby brother, you're trying to throw him and his family out to the wolves. Some brother. Allegedly. Okay, allegedly uh it's very sad that that information came out before the baby was born days before the baby was born you're taking the focus off of the, the woman of the hour who's having your fucking niece or nephew you know um megan and harry definitely deserve better i think if you want to preserve the monarchy all you got to do is stop being lazy as fuck get off of your ass and fucking care. But the problem is you don't care about the fucking people that you out there on the streets with. When they show up, the, the 10 people that show up to your engagements, you don't care about them fucking people and they can feel it. On the other hand, when you see video, you can watch a video of Harry having somebody or shaking somebody's head, talking to them. You feel his aura. like You feel that he cares about the people he's talking to and that makes all the difference. You can tell that you don't care. But all you got to do is try to find a way to care, nigga, and stop being lazy. That's how you're going to preserve the monarchy, but you're not going to preserve it playing defense. You ain't going to preserve it cutting your own brother down. Stop allegedly cheating on your lazy ass wife and teach your kids to treat each other better than you treat your brother. Because y'all got a few more folks, I think, just because of how the global climate is. Y'all have a few more monarchs. In you I think before the people of England decide nah this shit ain't for us we done with it the culture ain't on your side I don't believe history is on your side and what you're doing now is a losing strategy so I hope y'all get it get that shit together come out with a new strategy sis Megan finna give y'all a couple of months when she have her baby just to be a new mom and in this few little months sis Y'all need to get y'all life together, come out with a new strategy that don't involve cutting nobody down, and decide how y'all are going to lead the country, because eventually you will. Moving on, girl, on to some other news. Um, Doria's in England, so that means either Baby Sussex is here, girl, or very close, close to being born. Um, I read somewhere that, well, at first, actually, I thought that Doria would move to England just because, you know, it's her, she only has one child and this is her first grandchild and her child lives so far away from her. It's not like she lives, it's not like Doria lives in New York and she can just hop on a plane and be there in six hours. She lives way on the other side of this big ass country, you know. Um, so it's a very long way away. I thought that she would move to London, um, even just say for a year or two. But uh, turns out she's going to go back. So I don't know how long she'll stay, but she will go back because she, she does like her job. She's a social worker and also a yoga instructor. And why should she give, you know, she's a young lady too. So why would she give up her life um, just to basically be a living grandma, you know? And of course, she wants to have her daughter be surrounded by allies. And of course, if she has to be one, I'm sure she would be. But um, that to me says a lot about Doria, that she has so much faith in her daughter and who uh, her daughter married, that Megan can more than hold her own without having her mom there to be a shoulder to cry on. That to me, honey, that to me is why I respect Doria Raglan. I respect her, and why I spe- respect Megan. But um, she doesn't, she doesn't feel the need to be there because she knows she, you know, Megan has it, um, and Harry has it. You know, she's a woman of the world. But um, if she wanted to stay, (laughs) as soon as she lays eyes on her grandbaby, I cannot blame her because I'm pretty sure at any point it's going to be hard for her to leave, um, especially leaving her one child and her one grandchild. So uh, I respect Mama Mama Doria's decision, and um, I really hope baby Sussex, like, hurry up and come on because I'm like, woo child. It's is the weight has the weight is really like stressing me out just a tiny bit because, you know, I don't know. I miss them. But I hope Dory's over there setting a the motherfucker straight. But all in all, I love that they're private people. They're not attention seeking. I love that they don't follow in the footsteps of other people no matter what. You know? I'm glad that she didn't do the Lindo wing. I'm glad that she didn't you know feel that pressure and like give in because it's her body. It's her birth. You only get to be a a mom for the first time one time. So uh, it's important, especially if the fact that they're the sixth in line for the throne. Why you care so much about my baby? You just said that I was going to be irrelevant in a couple of months. So get off my dick. But I like the fact that they still went with the birth plan that they wanted to go with. And I love that they're taking their time to enjoy the birth of their child you know, the new family that they have and to have, uh, Doria there with them enjoying that, you know, again, baby Sussex has one grandmother. Harry's not going to get to share this moment with his mom. So the closest thing he has to that is his wife's mom. And I'm glad that they're going to be able to do that without the prying eyes of the camera. And certainly not having to worry about doing that hours after Megan has pushed this child out of her body. Uh, go (laughs) Megan. Um, so with that being said, baby Sussex is close. I'm still in the twins camp. I don't care. I don't care. The last time I saw Megan, she was pretty big and that was over a month ago. So, I mean, talking about if they break the internet with twins, but you know, I I think it's one, but I would be glad with two. Not to say that that's what they're trying to do, but you know, you have what you have. Ask Beyonce. She ain't expect Twins. But anyway, that's all I have for today, y'all. Um, Send your comments and questions to sussexsquad at gmail.com. That's one word. Um, just to, Or just say what's up. You know what I mean? Um, leave a five-star review on iTunes or share this podcast with somebody that, you know, might be interested. And um, just know that that would mean the world to me, though, because I think it's important to have as many pro-Sussex voices out there. I think a review would, would help that. Um, also hit me up on Twitter and IG at Sussex Squad, and make sure, of course, you keep donating to uh, through the um, the Global Sussex Baby Shower that's going on up and through May. So um, I think that. I want to highlight a charity. I want to highlight CamFed, which is the Campaign for Female Education. Um, you can find them at camfed.org. Currently, they are pushing to grow a thousand female led bi- businesses. Ooh, I'm going to go to the hood and say, businesses. Okay. They want to uh, grow a thousand female led businesses. Um, and the first thousand uh, agricultural entre- entrepreneurs will be equipped to launch their businesses using climate smart technologies, building their resilience to climatic changes. And that that's important because these changes are happening faster than I could have ever imagined. Um, it costs 125 pounds per young woman farmer, farmer to get that start. And Fed is working to raise 125,000 pounds by 2020. Okay, so 125 pounds is a very small sum for something that creates something so big and with so many implications now and very far into the future. So that is more than possible if you ask me so consider donating and these are not people looking for handouts either it's a hand up and it's a beautiful thing to see so far they've raised enough to start off 13 of the thousand businesses that they want to and that's 13 women empowering their communities please see what they're doing and please donate if you can every little bit counts towards the greater good uh, so thank you all for listening. Thank you for being the absolute fucking best fandom there ever was. I feel blessed to be a part of it and, um, keep shining your light. Only you can live your truth and the world is darker without it. So always remember that. Peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can kill me. Kill me.